0: It is November 3rd, Election Day, and this week in No Agenda Weekly, we answer a very important question, talk about the death of America, and listen to me ramble on about something you probably don't want to listen to me ramble on about. And I'll be honest with you, this episode is going to be 40 minutes of your life you'll never get back. All right, stick around. Here we are, another tantalizing Tuesday of No Agenda Weekly. Welcome, my pal fans, by my feet as normal. We are having a good day. It's absolutely beautiful where I'm at. It's supposed to be 70 degrees today, which is kind of crazy. It is election day. Holy shit, it's finally election day. Election day is that day that you just like you just can't wait for it to get over. And for months and months and months, you're just like leading up to it, leading up to it, leading up to it. And we can finally just get this out of the way, Um, get the votes in, get them counted, and figure out what happens from there. I think it's going to be a very interesting few weeks. Uh, It's going to be a very interesting forty-eight hours. I'm curious to see how this all pans out, just like many of you. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just been an emotional ride of politics for so long that I think people are drained. People are just ready for it to be over. And I'm not really too sure if that ride is going to be over, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think there's a possibility that. Um, the next week or so is just going to be more political chaos than leading up to it, um, with mail-in ballots and all that other stuff coming into play, but we'll find out. I think it's, we're all in it together. It's going to happen. So you might as well just let it happen. I think, I think we really have no choice at this matter or at this time. So, uh, yeah. It's it's going to be kind of wanted to talk to you today uh, about a few different things. Number one is episode three broke the thousand download mark on my podcast, which is super awesome. I never thought, to be honest with you, that anybody would listen to this. but people are for whatever twisted reason. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've had people asking questions about it. I've had people stop me and, and say, they listen to this. I always apologize that, uh, they do because there's something definitely mentally wrong with them if they're enduring this every single week. Um, but that's cool. I, I, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, people are apparently listening to me talk and wanna I think they just want to hear Finn and he just sleeps at my feet but that's that's kind of his thing so uh, yeah I also gained uh, um, a new country uh, somebody from Russia apparently downloaded my podcast which is awesome but uh, yeah, you know, am I now part of the collusion? I'm, I'm really curious. Um, if you are from Russia and you are listening to this. Um, yeah, don't don't get me wrapped up in any colluding. Colluding. Is that a word? Colluding? Anyways, anyways, people of Russia or person from Russia or a cat that stepped on a phone and actually downloaded this in Russia. Hey, what's up? So yeah, that that's cool. That's that's my big news is uh, episode three broke the thousand download mark, which is super awesome. Uh, it's super awesome for me, but if you think about somebody like uh, Joe Rogan, who gets 190 million downloads, it, it's I mean we're we're just completely different spectrums. But hey, a thousand to me is pretty awesome. I'll take it. Uh, Take it every day and twice on Sundays. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Number two is I, uh, we now have a Facebook page, No Agenda Weekly podcast. You can get on Facebook, uh, like it, follow it. I, every time a new podcast comes out, I'll post it onto that Facebook page. You can, uh, yeah, listen to it from there. Um, my anchor website has a place where you can send me messages or donate you can donate money to me too which is pretty awesome nobody's yet to do that uh, but hey if you're if you're willing to do that sweet that's awesome um, <laughs> but uh, yeah everybody's like yeah yeah now 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 the now the podcast he's, he's asking us for money the podcast has gone away uh, but yeah don't Don't give me any money. It's not needed. If you want to, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go out of my way. and Be like, hey, you know, you know. I'm not going to beg you not to. But hey, I'm. I'm. I'm not in this to make money. Um, but you can also click a message and leave me a message. And we've actually had a message. Somebody left me a message with a, an amazing question that I I think, must be answered. Um, and we will get to that uh, here later in the podcast. Um, I think it's a question that, um, our viewers need to know about. Uh, I think our, the question is something that is very relevant, um, to the world and yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you my two cents on that question here, here in a little bit, but, uh, we're gonna have to uh, listen to me talk about some other random stuff first before we get to this um, question. Um, I had to work on Halloween, which was um, great. I, I always like working on Halloween. Um, as a, as a police officer, you're you're out in the public, and the public is out, which is always great. And I will I. I have to admit, I've never seen a Halloween as busy as this one was the past couple of days ago in a long time. Well I and I'm not here to debate whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, COVID, blah blah blah. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother topic, whether or not. But um, the the amount of people and kids that were trick-or-treating trick-or-treating was amazing, and it, it definitely proved a point to me um, that trunk-or-treat events is a con- uh, contributing factor to the death of America. I said it, trunk-or-treats contribute to the death of America. I'm not a fan of trunk or treats. I'm not a fan of people showing up in a parking lot, opening their trunks, having kids just come fill their bags and then go home. I think it's uh, um, it's easy for the parents. They they take their kids to a location. Um, they go through, hey, everybody gives them candy and then they go home. And the reason I said that, what, why it proves my point is every year we have a trunk or treat, uh, where I'm live. It wasn't this year. It didn't happen this year. And the kids and their parents had to, uh, find other means to get candy. So what they do? They hustled the neighborhoods like you're supposed to on Halloween. And it was awesome. It was super, super awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's I think trunk or treats are are some good as far as people that live out in the country, very rural areas can come to town um, and still participate. Because let's face it, you know, those those country roads, there's not a lot of trick or treaters out there. But when you solely base Halloween on. uh, Trunk or treat events, it. uh yeah, it, it kind of kills the neighborhoods. And, and uh, it's I think that's the whole point of Halloween is, you know, the neighbor connection and the neighborhood connection you have. So that's my two cents. So prove my point. Trunk or treat is the death, a contributing factor uh, with the death of America. Yeah. Ha ha. I figured that out. I've been saying it for years and it proved my point. Um, so. That was my little rant about Halloween in the past uh, couple of days. So now to this question that this viewer asked, that I thought was very, very important. Um, I, I I think that it's a solid question. I think our viewers need to know the answer, and we're about ready to go down that rabbit hole and figure out what the answer is. So um yeah, what are we waiting for? Here's the question. Hey Parker, this is Luther. I'm just curious, who would win a fight between a Komodo dragon and a crocodile? Just a thought to throw out there. Well, Luther I tell you what, I'm a bit of a crocophile, as Joe Dierte would say. So I should know this. And uh, when I got this question, I, I had to, like, take a step back because uh, that's a hard one to answer. Um, so let's dive into it. So we have a Crocodile. And we have a Komodo dragon. Obviously, there's kind of a size difference um, to a certain extent because they can kind of be the same size up until a certain point. And then the crocodile that can get up to a ton in weight. No big deal that I know this. I just do. Can get up to a ton in weight. And the Komodo dragon obviously cannot. So there is kind of a weight difference there. But I think, um, I think weight and the size don't necessarily mean anything. The story of David and Goliath. Case in point. Read that story. What happened? You had David. You had Goliath. You had the Komodo dragon. You have the crocodile. Who won in David and Goliath? David did. Why? Uh, I think he's a bit of a badass, but you know, size does not matter when it comes to a physical opponent in a fight. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I had to think about the size difference. I'm like, yeah, there's a size difference, but I had to completely take it out. I had to take it out. I'm like, all right, the, the, the size difference between the two doesn't mean anything. So now what is that, what does that? bring you to, um, that, uh, brings you to agility, which I think the Komodo dragon can climb trees is faster, uh, than the crocodile, right? The crocodile is just kind of slow and sluggish and kind of, you know, chomps back and forth. Um, the crocodile, however, does have larger teeth than the Komodo dragon, right? So, there is that aspect of it too. But a Komodo dragon does have 50 different types of bacteria in its mouth. Again, it's a big deal that I know this. I'm not surprised. You shouldn't be either. And if the Komodo dragon were to get a bite into the crocodile, that the 50 different strains of bacteria in the Komodo dragon will eventually lead to blood poisoning and that crocodile is going to die anyways. Um, and that's kind of part of why the Komodo dragon is pretty badass is because it really doesn't have to kill its prey, it just has to bite it. And it's eventually going to die anyways. And they just kind of stalk it, wait for it to die and they eat it. It may take a few days, but it'll eventually die. So we, you know, when we talk about straight on fight with a crocodile and a Komodo dragon. Obviously, if the crocodile can get a hold of that Komodo dragon, it will death roll the shit out of it. And I, I think the Komodo dragon is done. But that is one possibility in a multitude of different possibilities, right? Uh, if the Komodo dragon were to jump on the crocodile's back, bite it, um, and Run away and watch the crocodile die, which is a very, very good possibility as well. So, so Luther, it, it's really hard. It's not hard to uh, to have a uh, a winner, but there's a different types of scenarios. Um, to answer your question in my honest, no bullshit opinion a fight between a crocodile and a Komodo dragon, I would probably have to, I'd have to say the Komodo dragon. And again, here, here's, here's why. Um, it's, it's got its name. You know, somebody said, named it a dragon, right? I mean, you do not just get the name dragon for not beating wholesale ass for a living. I mean, let's just put it that way. Um, I honestly think the the Komodo dragon would come out victorious. I, however, do not think it would be out of brute force. I do not think the Komodo dragon would choke out the crocodile, but I do think that the Komodo dragon is quick enough to keep out of the jaws of the crocodile. And I do think the Komodo dragon would get a couple bites in And essentially just sit and watch the crocodile eventually die of blood poisoning and win. So, yeah, that's your answer. And if anybody else has any different views on this, I'm up for debate on this. I'm really up for debate. Um, I do not think uh, size matters when it comes to physical, uh, you know, fighting of animals. Um, Yeah, there's my stance on that. So thank you for that awesome question. Uh, Feel free to send me more questions, viewers out there that would love my expertise on random stuff. Uh, Yeah, that's where we're at. So in final, the Komodo dragon would definitely eventually eat the crocodile, for lack lack of better words with that being said that the Komodo dragon would obviously dominate the crocodile. Um, I do have to admit that the crocodile visually looks way more, way more awesome than the Komodo dragon. That's my, and if I were to see the two, side by side staring at me like they wanted to come eat me i'd be more afraid of the crocodile than the komodo dragon but my expertise knows that the komodo dragon would would definitely definitely kill me and that crocodile so looks are not everything looks can be deceiving and yeah that that was my only disclaimer i I will give the crocodile credit uh it does look pretty badass. So, yeah, that's that's my stance on that. And when I said on the last episode, when I started talking about fly fishing, that my viewership is going to just plummet, it really didn't. <laughs> However, I have a feeling that when people start listening to me talk about my expertise opinion on who would win in a battle, a crocodile or a Komodo dragon, my viewership is going to plummet. I mean, there is no, there is no in or or any way around that. It's a solid question, Luther. It needed to be answered. Thank you for asking the question. The world needs to know my opinion on this. However, I pretty much think that I just lit the airplane I was flying and I'm going to just purposely crash into the ground because people people are going to be like, that was the question. And it was, it needed to be answered. I, I really do not have any other, any other way to put it. It It's a solid question that needed to be answered. And I'm glad it was asked. And now you know the answer. Um, but uh, yeah, so badass animals is kind of the theme maybe of this episode. Don't really know. Kind of that's where we're kind of morphing into. Um, you want to know an awesome, awesome, animal in this world is you you people that know me you're gonna know what's gonna about coming out of my mouth it's the honeybee Uh uh-huh that's exactly right and they're more viewership there it goes it's it's going away but i think the honeybee is probably the coolest outside of a dog dogs do not I mean, dogs are, you know, a, a spiritual animal in my world. Uh, wild animals, honeybees are the most badass animals uh, in the world. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think they are super cool. Um, I think they are very resilient creatures. I think people could learn so much about life from these animals or creatures or insects. I say animals, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think it was like episode one or two, three. I can't remember. I, I mentioned the fact that I am a beekeeper, which is really cool to say way cooler to say than what it sounds I I, you know, I, I, I'm not like a professional beekeeper, uh, uh, we are backyard beekeepers uh, with a few hives. And uh, I have learned so much about that creature uh, that is absolutely amazing. Um, so to kind of where to start with um, is that, you know, when I say we can live or we can learn a lot of things about honeybees as people in society. A honeybee hive, um, there's like sixty to 80,000 honeybees in a hive. When it's at full max capacity, they're in, the, you know, the height of the honey flow in the fall. And they're really, really going at it. You know, a full hive, there, there could be that many bees in a hive. And not one bee in that hive will do anything anything at all that is not for the good of the entire hive it's the most the most um, amazing thing to watch they all are this one organism that works for one common goal and that's each other Uh, it is very like i said it's very amazing It's, it's really hard to put into words um the impact that they have, obviously with nature, but just to teach people society and, and what you should and should not do. Uh, there's, there is this very big misconception that queen bees are in charge, that they are the queen bee. You know, we always hear that, uh, you know, where the queen bee and everybody thinks that bee's in charge and the queen bee dictates what goes on. And that is absolutely 100% not the truth. The, the people essentially, for lack of a better words, the bees themselves are in charge. The queen bee does nothing but lay eggs. That's it. Lays eggs. I mean, she works to death. They all work to death, but the, the the hive is in charge. And if the queen bee does not pull her weight, the the worker bees will ouster. They will just flat up, say, you're not pulling your weight. Get out of our hive. They'll create a new queen bee and away they go. It's absolutely amazing. Kind of uh, interesting. We're kind of talking about that on election day that the, you know, worker bees will elect their queen any given moment. I mean, it's not, it's not like, oh, every four years put up a ballot as our queen. No. I mean, one day the queen's doing great. The next day the queen's dead outside and they have started creating a new queen. Um, They, they, uh, life is very short for them. It's about six weeks and, uh, per bee, um, queen bees will last you know could three to five years but it's weird because in the winter time the queen bee will actually change genetics of the eggs so uh, a bee that would live six weeks during the summer months will live a few months in the winter months to get through the winter it's it's absolutely amazing absolutely amazing what what they can do but back to, um, the election and them choosing their queen. It's, it's on any given day, which is very awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of rabbit holing down bees, but I'm going to roll with it. So that's where we're at. Um, yeah. So we kind of talked about bees in general, as far as that they run the hive, but it's, it's very cool how worker bees, they're all females, by the way they're all females, not very good for the male situation. There are male bees in this world. They're called drone bees. And I'll, I'll get to them here in a minute. But what happens is, is when a bee is born, right? It comes out of its cell. Okay. It's the honeycomb, right? You have the little honeycomb and it immediately has jobs it knows it and it's ingrained into its brain what job it is what it you know the prog progression of life immediately when the bee emerges it automatically turns around and cleans out itself automatically it it starts cleaning out cells Uh, it starts picking up after itself that is number one Uh, number two is they start feeding larvae so when the queen bee is going around laying the eggs their second job is nurse bees. They're feeding larvae. They're taking care of the hive. They're taking care of the, the brood, which is the bee and the egg, um, or wh- which is the egg that turns into a bee. They start feeding, the bee, the all the brood. I'm confusing you. I get it. And then the second, the third job that they have, they start building honeycomb, or just comb, wax comb to store honey and brood and all kinds of other stuff in. And that's their next job. The job after that is they are guard bees. Um, They guard the entrance, they do that for a while. And then the final job that a honeybee has is they are the foragers. They're the ones that are going out and they're collecting the nectar Collecting the pollen, bringing it back to the hive, and they literally do that till they die. That's that's the life of a honeybee, um, which is really cool. That lasts, like I said, it lasts about six weeks. However, in the winter time, it, it's much longer, um, and but they don't necessarily go out of their hive in the winter. They do every once in a while when the temperature gets high enough, and that gets warm enough, they'll bring the dead bees out and it's kind of fun to watch. I'll sit by the hive and you'll see bees coming out of the hive with dead bees. They fly, they'll fly a few feet away and they'll drop the dead ones, turn around and fly back and land. So that's really cool. Um, the male bees, the brood from pretty much around springtime, summertime, they're just kind of there. They don't have stingers. They don't, they they can't sting you. Um, they come and go as they please. They literally do nothing except uh, try to mate with a queen. And every afternoon, all the drone bees go fly into the air to these uh, congregation spots, these like nightclubs in the sky, for lack of a better word. So that's where all the male bees are. They go, I can't remember how many feet up in the air they go. And queen bees that have not been mated, they'll, they'll go on their maiden flight. They fly one time in their life after, after they hatch. They'll fly to these um, nightclubs in the sky and they'll mate with about 10 different drone bees. And they'll come back to their hive and then they'll never leave their hive again. And they'll lay eggs for the rest of their life. When that queen comes to its end, it will die. The worker bees will then create a queen bee by feeding it something called royal jelly, which is kind of weird. I don't really know the science behind that, but that signals to the, the larva that it's gonna become a queen bee. That queen bee hatches, flies, does its main flight, comes back and the cycle does all over again, uh, which is really cool. It's really funny in the fall, you'll watch, the they get rid of all the male bees in the fall. And it's really interesting to see, you'll be at the entrance of the hive and all these female bees are pushing the male bees out the entrance. And literally like kicking them off the end, kind of like in, you know, in that movie 300, like I am Sparta and they'll kick them off and they fly away. They go to die. They don't. All they do is eat food. They don't contribute. So in the fall, they're like, hey, we got to hibernate for the winter. You're out of here. Oh, poor bees. All they're, they're just trying to live their life. But all those women are kicking them out. Um, but yeah, so bees are are by far the coolest animal uh, that I could think of. They you know just the way they live their life, they keep to themselves, everything they do is for their neighbor, for their people in their hive. it's it's for the good of the cause and which is you know lessons that can be definitely learned by honeybees. Um, honeybees actually are not even native to the United States. they're European honeybees. Um honeybees cannot survive on their own. They will die on their own. They, uh, with everything in this world, as far as um, um, pesticides and just people in general, honeybees will never, never survive by themselves in the wild for long periods of time. Um, they, unfortunately, uh, human intervention, is completely in play to keep them alive, which kind of sucks. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Hey, we, we definitely reap the benefits um, when it comes to the honey production of it. So, you know, people kind of often sometimes question, well, why, how is a honeybee necessarily different from, let's say uh, a bumblebee or a mason bee or, one of the other million different native bees in the world, um, even to the United States. And the answer is, is the honeybee is the only other creature in the world besides people that collect and cons- you know, that collect more things than what they actually need. Does that makes sense. So. They will, if, as long as you continue to give them their space, they will give you more and more honey. They'll just keep stockpiling it. They're hoarders, essentially what they are. Just like people. They they if they have room, they'll fill it. When like a bumblebee or a mason bee, they they produce just enough to feed their young, and that's it. When honeybees, that's not the case. You give them the room, they'll keep going, they'll keep going, they'll keep going. Um so this last year. Uh, took about 70 pounds of honey um, from them and they still had honey in the hives and, you know, which is, that's just honey they didn't need. That's the honey that I take and I bottle and I consume and, you know, they don't really know any different. They don't need it. They just, I give them the room and they fill it up kind of feel bad because a lot of work for them and you're just kind of robbing them they really do not like it because in the fall when I go to rob their honey uh, they they definitely do not like it and they don't like me at that moment in time but bees are bees are pretty gentle for the most part until you start taking their stuff and then then they can then they can kind of get a little testy um which kind of can get interesting and I I have to wear a full bee suit from head to toe. I am allergic to bees. Uh, that's stupid. I, I hear what I just said. Uh, it's not the smartest thing in the world, but, um, I have a huge supply of EpiPen. I think the reward is outweighs the risks. Um, I would love to be one of those beekeepers that can walk down to a beehive and, you know, uh, take the beehive apart and not have to worry about getting stung, but uh, I am that type of beekeeper. So, or that I have to wear a full bee suit year round, which kind of sucks, but that is what that is. Um, but, but often, more times than not, they probably don't, um, really mind the fact when I'm there, I do, do you smoke? If you, if you ever seen a beekeeper, they have those big, uh, smoker plumes that I put animal bedding in there and I light it on fire with newspaper and then um, I kind of smoke the hives and there's a couple different theories on when you see beekeepers doing that what what they're actually doing is The queen does have a pheromone that they put out that smells like bananas And if the queen feels like the hives being attacked or she's in danger she'll put out this pheromone which will signal all the other bees to attack whatever's trying to get in the hive. So the smoke is supposed to kind of mask that pheromone so the bees don't smell it. That's one theory. Theory number two is that um, the um, bees will think the hive is on fire. And when you fill the hive full of smoke, and this is the one I believe the most, if if you fill the hive full of smoke, the bees automatically think their hive's on fire they will stop what they're doing they'll start gorging on their honey that they have and they will not pay any attention to you and then they only eat so much honey because they think that they're going to have to fly away they're like well we can't leave all this honey we have to eat as much as we can because we need all the fuel we need to go find a new hive and by the time you're done taking the hive apart doing its thing they're like hey what happened our hive's not on fire anymore so um that's that's what the smoke is and I could definitely go on for hours and hours and ramble about bees, uh, but I think I've bored you to death enough <laughs> about about bees, and I, I kind of feel like I've been rambling on about them. So um, yeah, so first the crocodile and the Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon wins, but the most badass animal in the world is the honeybee. And I will stick to that forever. Um, Yeah, we're going to transition to beer of the week. Beer of the week. Here we are. Ready? Grain Belt. The Minnesota beer Grain Belt. Grain Belt Blue Blue Blueberry Lager. It is absolutely delicious. And I highly recommend it. I'd score this probably a six point two on my scale. Um, it, it may be kind of hard for some people to find. It's a Midwest beer. If you like blueberries and you like lager, this is it. Their model is, or their motto is, "Go ahead, be the blue sheep of the family." It's pretty legitimate. My wife absolutely loves this stuff. I do too. She gets upset when I, when I <laughs> drink one, cause that's one less that she can have. Uh, but yeah, that's really good. Uh, grain bell blue, blueberry lager. That's, that's my beer of the week. Um, so with that being said, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Just wanted to touch back again from the beginning of the episode that, this is election day. If you have not voted already, go out and vote. Um, I, th- I think it's uh, it's an important election. I think people need to understand what's at stake. Uh, I hope people have done their research. Um, yeah, like I said, go out and vote. Whatever happens, tomorrow when you wake up, if the person you voted for, did not win. You you got to love your neighbor still. I mean, it, it is what it is. Our society is too important. Our country is too important to get divided by two elderly people that are trying, in my opinion, to divide us. And so uh, we we just need to be better people and understand that. Um that regardless of your thoughts of society and your thoughts of people that vote differently from you um you know a lot of them may be valid of uh, frustration and anger but i think i think it's on us to make sure that you know our country does not spiral out of control and <laughs> into chaos so That's my soapbox on that. Anyways, thanks for joining. Uh, We'll see you next Tuesday. It'll be Tuesday. See, I was here on Tuesday. I made it on time. My pal Finn and I will be here next Tuesday. So, all right. Thank you. Take care of one another. And I'll talk to you next week.